Well, good morning. 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 So excited to be here with you all today. It has been an incredible journey. Some of you, as Brad and Gary talked about, some of you in this room have, have been at this for almost five years. And so it's just an incredible celebration today for what Jesus has done through our fervent prayers. Amen? Amen. All right. We are just in complete awe right now over what God has done in the past five years. What we are seeing right now it is years and years of fervent prayer being answered by the Lord. Praise Jesus for this. Praise Jesus for this day. Praise Jesus for the fact that we're able to come together in his word and worship him. Today is a, the celebration of, of everything, of everything that, that God has done here in, with the Rock Bible Church in Greensburg, Indiana. So that being said, we just want to get our eyes continually on worshiping Jesus for the amazing God that he is. We've been worshiping him already uh, this morning in song. Now we're going to gather together and worship him through his word. And that being said, let's, let's dive right in, church. Uh, we're gonna, this morning, we're going to be in Matthew 28. If you want to go ahead and get your Bibles out, Matthew 28, uh, verse 16 through 20 this morning. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, you can find one underneath a seat near you, in front of you, or next to you. If you don't own a Bible, take that one home. That's our gift to you this morning. We want to ensure that everyone has a copy of God's word in their home. And as you're doing that, as you're getting out your copy of God's word, uh, I, I wanted to share with you the other night as I was preparing, I was thinking about the last few years of prepping and planning to plant the Rock Bible Church. For me, that's only been like a year and a half, right? I came on board about a year and a half ago to the small group. But for some people in this room, as I said, this is almost a five-year journey that the Lord had put them on. Throughout these last about 18 months, though, there's one question that I've gotten a lot about the church plant. As we've gotten to know the community, as we've talked with people in the community, most people ask us, who are you? Who are you? And now, during different times of the plant, different times throughout our, our planting journey, I could have answered that in, in multiple different ways. In the beginning, before we really had a name or really a, 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 a church plant or a building or anything, we would have said, we are a people called to spread the gospel, to help spread the gospel here in Greensburg. But then later on, as we got our ducks in a row and got a little more established, people said, well, who are you? I'd say, well, we're the, we're the Rock Bible Church, right? That's who we are. We have a name now. We're, we're the Rock Bible Church. But that's pretty surface level, right? That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty top. You can drive by our building right now and see what our name is, right? That, that's, there's no mystery to that. Anyone who looks at the side of this building or looks at a sign on the roadway knows who we are. We're the Rock Bible Church. But as I opened up, I'm sorry, Matthew 28 this week, as I begin to prepare, I begin to ask myself, who are we at our core as followers of Jesus? Who, who, who are we as our core? If someone asks us, as a follower of Jesus, who are you? What do you do? What is our title? Most of us would say, well, we're, we're followers of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. But what does that mean? Like, what's it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And more than that, how do we live 
as a bunch of people who follow Jesus? How are we supposed to live? What, what does the Bible tell us should be our direction in life? What do we do with this life that Jesus has given us? How do we start living the moment we place our faith in him? All right, most of us in here saved, we, we, we heard the gospel, we put our faith in the gospel of Jesus. Now what? Now what do we do? What is our direction? Well, today, through the writings of a tax collector named Matthew, we're gonna see the answer to these questions. The question, who are we? In fact, today, the text is gonna show us, it's gonna lead us to one monumental, life-altering big idea of how Jesus calls us to live. And that big idea is this, as followers of Jesus, all of us are called to live a life dedicated to him. As followers of Jesus, all of us are called to live a life dedicated to him. But again, what does that look like? All right, what does it look like to live a life dedicated to following Jesus? What does it look like to live a life dedicated to glorifying him? In the Bible, people who have dedicated their lives to following Jesus, they have a title, right? He had his, he had his uh, you know, 12 apostles, but the, the people, the, the masses of people who were following Jesus believed him to be Messiah. They had a title. Who in here knows the title? Anybody? Just shout it out. Disciple. Every true follower of Jesus is a disciple. Right? The Bible defines a follower of Christ as a disciple. That word disciple means follower, student of. Whether or not you're living out that life, that's a different question. But if you've placed your faith in Jesus, you are called to be a disciple. But what is a disciple? This is a sermon full of questions. What is a disciple? Well, in the text today, Jesus is going to define what a disciple is while simultaneously showing us three roles we are to fulfill as a true disciple of him. Jesus is going to ask, answer all these questions. He's going to show us these three roles. And the first role is this. In verse 16 through 17, we're going to see that as a disciple, we are to worship Jesus. Read with me. Get our eyes on the text here. Verse 16 through 17 of Matthew 28. Matthew says this. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. We're gonna stop right there. So Matthew states here that the 11 disciples, they went to Galilee to a mountain that Jesus had commanded them to go. Well, when did he do that? We're gonna to get to that here in just a moment. But when they see him, they begin to worship him. Why do they get to worship? Why do they begin to worship him? What's he done to be worshiped? Well, let's look back together at what's happened, the events that have taken place before this moment. If you've never read the gospel of Matthew or any of the gospels today, you're gonna to get the gist of what's happened, why Jesus is worthy of being worshiped in this moment by his disciples. If we look back at what's happened previous to this, we'll see that Je Jesus was betrayed by one of his followers, Judas. And Judas handed Jesus over to the Pharisees he was then taken before a Roman-occupied governor named Pilate where he was badly beaten and sentenced to death by crucifixion. 
Finally, he was hung on the cross and died and was buried in a sealed tomb. And that's where we're at up to this point. Up to verse 16, that's where we're at. Jesus, the Messiah, the thought Messiah that these men had been following for over three years, they watched him be captured, betrayed, captured, and die on the cross and be buried in a tomb. But then Matthew tells us that something incredible happens, something that would forever change the lives of all people who place their faith in the gospel. Read with me just up above of where we're at today in Matthew 28, verse one, read with me. It says this. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to see the tomb, the tomb where Jesus was buried, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold, he was going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So, what's happened here, church? Jesus, who was dead, who was buried in a tomb, has risen. Right? He's risen. Jesus, in this moment, has defeated sin on the cross and now death. Through his death, burial, and importantly, his resurrection, he has given us the ability to live eternally through him. And now we see in verse 16, this moment, this moment where Jesus is seeing his disciples for the first time post-resurrection. I mean, can you imagine where the state of mind of these men was at this moment? Right, before verse 16, where were they? that they had been walking with Jesus for over three years, seeing him work miracles, believing with all their hearts that he was the savior of their people, that he was going to defeat all their enemies. Then they watched him die slowly and painfully on the cross and buried in a tomb. Three days before this moment, these 11 men were lost. They were grieving. They had to be questioning everything that they had been told by Jesus. They had to be thinking, how did this happen? How is he dead? And now think about this moment as they're gathered where, where the Marys told them to gather as, he came to, as, they came to, as she came to them and said, we have seen the risen Christ. He is alive. Go meet him on this mountain in Galilee. as they see Jesus walking towards them, as he, as he comes over and crests the top of that mountain and they lay their eyes for the first time on the risen Savior. Can you imagine what was, what was running through their head? 
everything Jesus had been teaching them for the past three years, everything he told them that was going to happen and why it had to happen came to completion in their minds in this very moment. It's such an incredible moment that Matthew says some of them doubted it was Jesus walking toward them at all. I mean, I, I think about when I, when I read this, I think about the apostle John who stood at the foot of the cross at a front row view to the death of Christ, to him bearing our sin, watching Jesus breathe what John thought was Jesus' last breaths. And now, three days later, seeing him walk over that mountain towards them. These men have just witnessed the completion of the gospel. And look how they respond, church. The first thing they do is worship him. That's their response. They hit their knees, these men hit their knees and they start to worship him for the Messiah, the, the sovereign, living, true one God that he is. We discussed the worship of Jesus last week. If you were with us, we dove into to the worship of Christ to prepare us for this day today. As we went through Romans 5, if you weren't here with us, we walked through how Jesus showed his love for us through his sacrifice, through his gospel. And that's why we came to the conclusion, that's why we worship him. The gospel, the fact that he laid his life down for ours is why we worship him. The good news that God sent his only son, Jesus, to willingly die on the cross as payment for our sins, that Jesus was buried in a tomb, and that Jesus was risen from the dead to defeat sin and defeat death so we could be seen as righteous in God's eyes and have access to eternal life through his resurrection. And we found that last week that he did all of this because of his unshakable, unconditional love for us. And that's why we worship him. And now these men are standing on a mountain for the first time seeing the living, risen Savior. They're seeing the Lord risen for the first time. And the first thing they do is worship him for who he is, the one true living God, the Messiah, confirmed to them in this moment and what he has done for his sacrifice. This is not any different today, church. Like no part of this is, is any different today. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to worship him day in and day out in the same way that these 11 men are worshiping him on this mountain in Matthew 28. As a disciple of Jesus, we are called to worship him every single day like it's the first time we're seeing him. Most of us in here, if you're saved, you know that moment when you first see Jesus for the first time as the Savior. Like there's a moment in your heart where you're just like, he is the Savior, he has rescued me. That you feel that, that death of your sin being lifted off of your shoulders as he takes it from you. Every single day you worship Christ needs to be just like that day. The gospel should renew us every day in that truth that he has saved us, that if we put our faith in him alone, that he has lifted death off of us, that he's the propitiation for our sin, and that should lead to us worshiping him every single day. But there's more. 
right? He's not done. There's more. The Lord is going to show us next in verse 18, as we move to verse 18, the next role of a disciple. He's going to show us that as a disciple, we are to not only worship him, but also to submit to him. Read with me here in verse 18. Jesus says, it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, all authority in heaven, all authority in earth, everything you see, everything you don't see, it's all been given to me, it's mine. If any of these 11 men at this moment still doubted that this was the truly risen Christ, this statement should have eliminated every bit of doubt in their heart. Jesus says, all authority is mine. This is the same thing that he has said over and over and over again to these men throughout the gospels. In fact, two of the four gospels, Jesus is recorded saying, all authority has been given to me by the father. The Lord has given over the kingdom to his son. He is King Jesus. All belong to him. In our, in our context, in our lives, how do we respond to authority? Most of us in here have a, have a boss, right? We, we work for someone, we have a, a manager or a boss or someone that we report to, someone in authority over us. We are given a command by our boss and what do we do? Right? We honor it, we do it. If we want to still keep our job, we have, to, we have to honor the authority, we have to submit to the authority of our boss, Now, in this example of work, we only have to submit to our superior's command while we're at work, right? From nine to five, Monday through Friday, while we're there, someone's in authority over us. We have to submit to them. But the moment you clock out, the moment you leave, that authority stops. You go home, you get away from the office, you get away from the, the factory, whatever, that authority stops. You're back on your own again. Jesus is stating here, all authority is his on heaven and on earth, you can't get away from his authority because all of this belongs to him. But why is he stating this? Right, so if you look here in, in Matthew 28, it's the first thing that he says. He, he crests this mountain. He's just risen from the grave. He sees his 11 disciples. And he said, just want to let you know, all authority is mine. I just want to confirm with you everything I've been saying. All authority belongs to me. I am king. Why is he stating this? He's doing this because he's about to give a command to his followers that will echo through time, that influences our lives today. As his followers, we must submit to every command he gives because all authority is his. We must submit as disciples. He is the one true sovereign God Right, if you read the Gospels, any of the Gospels, particularly here the Gospel of Matthew, you will see the miracles, the fact that he is worthy to be called the one true sovereign God and we are to submit to him because of who he is. As a follower of Jesus, we are completely to submit to his authority in our lives. Right, this is the first thing we do when we become a Christ follower. Right, the moment that we place our faith in Jesus, we put our life in his hands. We hand our life over, control of our own life, control of our eternity over to Jesus. We submit to him, letting him lead over our lives. That's the next step. 
being transformed by the gospel, we give our lives over to Jesus, letting him be the authority over us in every way. What's being described here is a true walk with Jesus, letting him lead the way in our lives, striving to stay step in step with him, to place our steps in the same places that his were, in a manner just like him, mimicking him in every single way. In order to do that, we must lay down our attempt at control, at controlling our own lives and just concentrate on walking with him, abiding in him. We must remain close to him in his word, in prayer, truly walking with him, immersing ourselves in the Bible, writing the true character of God on our own hearts, following his command, going his way and not ours. We could do this all day. We have to stay in step with Jesus. So close to him that we walk in his footprints. We must trust in his steps and follow him, truly submit to him in every aspect of our lives. And there's a quote by one of my favorite authors. There's a Christian author named John Eldridge. And I love this quote from him about submitting to the Lord and what it looks like. John says, only by walking with God can we hope to find the path that leads to true life. That is what it means to be a disciple. After all, aren't we followers of Christ? Then by all means, let's actually follow him, not ideas about him, not just principles, him. We must submit to him in every single way. We must make him the Lord of our lives, the true Lord of our lives. And Jesus laid it all down for us here in verse 18. All authority is, is mine. Submit to me. As his followers who walk with him, we must submit to his command on our lives. And in verse 19, he gives us the command. What we are supposed to do with our time here on earth, he gives us this great command, this great commission. The command that Jesus gives us is this, as a disciple, we are to go for Jesus. Read with me in verses 19 through 20. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What Jesus is describing here is the job description of a disciple. What's the first word he says in verse 19? Say it with me, church. Go. Here's the Lord giving his disciples an action, right? This is a verb. Go is a verb. He says, get up and go. But go do what? Well, if we keep reading through this, he tells us, he says, go make disciples of all nations. He's saying, go make followers of Jesus of all nations. Now, this word nations, we look at the Greek word for this word nations. It's ethnos. Translated ethnos means people of all tongues, races, backgrounds, all cultures. Jesus is telling these 11 Jewish men, these 11 faithful disciples to take the gospel to the world. He says, go, go and tell my story. Go and tell people who I am. Go and tell people how I changed your life. Go and tell people the miracles you saw me do so that they will come and be saved by my blood. 
He says, go, baptize in my name. Like see people saved by the gospel and respond to it in obedience to his word. He says, go and teach all I have commanded. Right, go teach these people how to walk with me, how to abide in me, how to follow me and follow my word. Teach these people so that they can have a, a close walk with me, that they will be transformed and they will go out and do this exact same thing so that they will now go. This is multiplication, church. This is how we grow the kingdom. This is the commission that the Lord has placed on all of our lives. As a follower of Jesus, we are called to go. All we are doing is growing as a disciple so we can worship Jesus for who he is, so we can walk with him, make him Lord of our lives, obey his every command, to love and serve one another, to bear one another's burdens, and to go. Right, to go and proclaim him so that other disciples will be risen up and continue to multiply. Right, the apostle Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter five, he, he echoes this same exact message that Jesus gives us. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter five, Paul calls us who are saved ambassadors for Christ. Right, he says that you're in charge to spread the ministry of reconciliation. Go tell people that you were an enemy of God and that Jesus reconciled that relationship through his blood. That's what we're called to do. The Bible confirms the Great Commission over and over again. We are called to go. Here at The Rock, this is all we are striving for. We are striving to glorify God by making disciples, to grow the kingdom of God, to be true ambassadors for Christ. And hear me, we're, we're a, a body of believers dedicated to living out our lives the way that Jesus commands us to do it. It is our goal, it's everything we strive for, to multiply quality disciples who worship Jesus, walk with Jesus, work for Jesus, and witness for Jesus. That's, that's what we want to do. That's, that's our calling. That's our mission here. We want to keep our eyes on multiplying disciples. This isn't a suggestion from our Lord. Like he didn't just say here in Matthew 28, like, you should go do this. It'll make your life better. Just go do this. This is a command. This is a command by Jesus to go. Jesus, who has all authority, is commanding us to live a life dedicated to him. So this morning, as, you, as we round out our time and you're sitting in your seat and on launch Sunday which we're all excited for, I want to ask you to, to look inside yourself right now. To ask yourself these questions. Am I living the life of a true disciple? Am I living a life dedicated to Jesus? Am I living a life that truly is following him and obeying in his commands? Am I truly submitting to him and where he wants me to go? Right, for some of us, that might look different. Maybe it's that conversation that Jesus is pushing on you to have at work with that person you know is lost. Maybe it's Jesus is calling you to plant a church somewhere, different state. Maybe it's out of your comfort zone. Maybe Jesus is calling you into ministry. No matter what it is, know that this, every one of us has the DNA of a disciple. Once we put our faith in Christ, he calls us to go, to go and spread his gospel, go and spread the ministry of reconciliation, what he did for us, on the cross. 
If the answer to these questions, am I following him, am I living the life of a true disciple, is no, don't be ashamed, don't be discouraged. We have all come to that realization at some point in our lives. Let us help you, right? It's our mission that God has put us on here to help you grow as a disciple. Let us help you live out the calling that Jesus has had on your life. And if that's you in this room today, I encourage you, stay after 45 minutes after this service. We're gonna have what's called consider. Well, you'll learn a lot about who we are at The Rock and where we came from. But more importantly, what you're gonna learn is this passion for discipleship, why we got here, why we are so passionate about raising up disciples. And more importantly, let us get you plugged in to help walking with you side by side, helping you disciple, helping you grow in discipleship, growing in your relationship with Jesus, Stay after, let us talk to you about how we can get you plugged in and help you to be a disciple that multiplies. Start living the life that God has called you to live in Matthew 28 today. We're gonna round out our time here tonight, or this morning, I'm sorry. We're gonna um, pray together. We're gonna worship Jesus for what he's done. But more importantly, we wanna get our eyes on the fact that Jesus has commanded us to live this life. We wanna pray for the boldness to do that the submission to do that. We're gonna pray for all of us this morning that our hearts get aligned to this text and that we begin to go for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your word. Father, we thank you for everything that you've given us here at The Rock, here in this community. Father, we praise you for this day. Father, we ask that you literally scrape this into our hearts. God, ingrain it into us that this is the mark of a true disciple. This is how you've called us to live. That the kingdom of God, the people of God are where our focus should always be. We should be focused constantly on showing dead people that they can be made alive through you, through your blood, so that they will come, Father, that they will worship you, that they will walk with you, that they will begin to, out of the overflow of of worship and your glory and your grace, Father, they'll be able to serve you they will begin to witness for you, to show other people how dead they are in their sin and that there's a rescuer, Father, and you are that rescuer. So, Father, I pray right now that in this room right now today, that this is the first step step to a mass amount of people, 100 plus people in this room being multiplied in disciples, being raised up and matured as a disciple and to go out into the city and multiply. Father, let us grow the kingdom here in Decatur County, in Greensburg today. Let today be the day, Father. Father, we love you. We pray for our week, Father, that you would put this on our heart, that we would begin to look for ways that we can grow closer to you in your word and through prayer. Father, that we could worship you daily for who you are and what you've done. Lord, that we begin to look for opportunities right now to show people who you are, to proclaim you as the one true living God. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for everything that we have. It's in your holy name we pray.